Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sharpie Podcast, Dairy Trust Billboard Senior Director of Charts. And hey guys, it's Trevor Anderson, a chart manager here at Billboard. So back after a week uh, off, just on vacation. Uh, what a week to take off, right? Anything happened on the charts last week? Only only the biggest week, one may argue, in Billboard history. Well, I was, uh, I was looking at links online of what happened, but very few. I was looking more at a lynx, an actual cat, a lynx up in the mountains. Of Canada, they're pretty rare to see. A lynx, it's a better kind of lynx. Uh, did you? Okay, now I need to know. Did you think about this while you were away? Did this just come to you? Like, how long we've we been sitting on this lynx, lynx thing? Not the whole time. But, ooh, but but more, but more than today. Uh, wow. But yeah, it, it it was it was running across the road in broad daylight, and apparently it's really rare to see that. Uh, just darted into the woods on on one side, uh, between Banff and Jasper National Park up in Alberta, Canada, and they look really cute. They're really cute looking cats, but I'm sure if you tried to cuddle up with one, it would probably claw your face off because they're not not house cats. Uh, but really, really cute. Uh, amazing scenery up there. Uh, mountains are just absolutely huge, majestic. It's the Canadian Rockies. Uh, my brother and I did a, a camping trip. We did a little backcountry camping. Uh, survived no no bear attacks or, or anything but you're in you're deep in bear country and if anything happens you're you're kind of on your own we were at a very small campsite hiked out uh, about three miles to it or 5.4 kilometers because everything is both English and, and French and miles kilometers out there but uh, yeah we, we uh, really had a lot of fun out there everything's yeah so English and French and after a while you really start to pick up uh, French so much, and I, I studied French in high school. But at the airport, people say hello and bonjour when they take your boarding passes. At the end, uh, someone said hello, bonjour. I, I just said bonjour. I think I'd been in Canada so long, I started speaking French myself. So, do, do you pick up an English accent, Trevor, when you're in England? I know you go a lot. <laughs> I haven't heard it, but maybe when you're over there. Um, yeah, I feel like this is like this. I guess kind of in that same way. Like when, once you're around the, the accent enough, you sort of subconsciously must pick it up because I definitely there's certain words that I definitely hear myself saying differently and and even names I think are probably the most important like the like the way I hear a name in an accent for the first time even if like it has you know it can be like a sort of a common name it could be 
like like a name like um I don't know like Luke or something like Luke Perry or Luke Combs or whatever and like but all my like all the British friends like they call him like Luke so like when I say like Luke I have to like say like his name like that like it's very weird yeah. like even though I would say like I would never say like Luke Combs I would say like Luke Combs but I can't say Luke to him because it's like I don't know it's very weird it's very weird so I guess stuff like that maybe yeah. So uh, this week we'll recap, as always, the Billboard Hot 100. We're, uh, yeah, we're now into record-extending territory with Lil Nas X. Uh, also a song new to the top 10 this week on the Hot 100. And uh, we'll cover a couple notable moves on other charts as well. And really excited to welcome special musical guests Lady Antebellum this week. Uh, they recently chatted with Billboard senior chart manager Jim Asker in Nashville, along with BMLG CEO Jimmy Harnon. So uh, Jimmy, Jim, uh, and the trio of... Lady Antebellum, Charles Kelly, Hillary Scott, and Dave Haywood all coming up talking about Lady Antebellum's upcoming album later this year, uh, a lot more, and they're going to perform exclusively here on the podcast as well. Uh, new single, What If I Never Get Over You, that's coming up. So uh, really excited about all that on the way here on this week's Billboard Chappie Podcast. As always, let's start with this week's top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, Two, one. Number 10. I got red, I got blue, what you want? The Chanel, the Balenciaga, Louis Vuitton. She know I got the Fanny Prada when I ain't belong. I needed me a diorite, I need me the one. I started from the bottom, you can see the way. Number 9. I'm a sucker for Number eight. I want you out of my head. I want you out of my bedroom tonight. There's no way I can save you. Cause I need to be safe too. I'm no good at goodbyes. We're both acting insane. Number seven. Cause I don't care when I'm with my baby. Yeah. All the bad things disappear. You're making me feel maybe I am somebody. I can deal with the bad. Number six. Ain't never got you know it being modest. Popping, shipping only cause you know you popping. Yeah, you got it, girl. You got it. Hey. You got it, girl. You got it. Number five. Can we just talk? Can we just talk? Talk about where we're going before we get lost. Let me Number four. Fresh photos with the bomb lighting. No man on the Minnesota Vikings. True hearts needed something more exciting. Bum bum be dumb be dumb bum be. You try to break my number three. I love it when you call me, Senorita. I wish I could pretend I didn't need ya, but every touch is ooh la la la. It's true la la la. Ooh, I should be. Number two. I'm that bad type, make your mama sad type, make your girlfriend mad type, might seduce your dad type. I'm the bad guy. Duh. And number one. Yeah, I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. 
I got the horses in the back. Horse stock is attached. Better believe it. There it is. One more time. That is 18 indeed. Mighty Weeks at number one for Old Town Road. That is little Nas X, of course, featuring his friend Billy Ray Cyrus. Record extending, like Gary said. Well, I mean, really, at this point, all you're competing with is yourself. Uh, so a lot of people, you know, wondering what's going on with the song at, at this juncture. Um, don't forget, as we keep track of all the remixes and redos that came out this week, actually, the first week with the RM remix, um, counting for all seven days for the Hot 100. It came out a little bit right before the close of the chart week last week, so it, it had a little help for week 17, but really week 18 is uh, where it comes through. So, you know, not the biggest. I mean, this isn't a Billy Ray Cyrus-level remix, as I'm sure everybody, you know, is kind of aware in the cultural sphere, but, um, I mean, really, as all versions combined together, continues to help. So it's 14th week at number one on the digital song sales chart. It's actually... The second best run at number one by any song, uh, Despacito, number one with 17 weeks. So within three weeks there. And you mentioned uh, RM being on the remix. I and mean, he's not officially credited because the, the new version wasn't uh, overwhelmingly contributing to its overall total. But uh, a member of BTS is on the number one song this week on the Hot 100. Another milestone yeah, yeah. for BTS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's – you know, of course, it's sort of an asterisk there, but yeah, definitely helping out the cause there. But yeah, 18 weeks number one as well on the streaming songs chart. So um, obviously, we know how massive streams have been for this song. This week in particular, streams still, even though they're about half of its peak when it had 143, they're still dominating with 67 million streams this week. Uh, Billie Eilish is number two this week in terms of streams with Bad Guy, which has just under 46 million. So still... I mean, a 20 million streaming gap for this song. And, you know, so when you, when you just look at it that way, in just terms of the, the space that it has to fall, I mean, Old Town Road creeping, of course, ever closer to the 20, 21 week mark. Who knows at this point? And the difference in overall points between Old Town Road and Billie Eilish Bad Guy, it's, it's certainly uh, much closer. It's an actual uh, race uh, this week. It's not uh, just an entire runaway, uh, but still, still a bit of a comfortable lead. And at this point, both songs are starting to lose overall metrics kind of equally. So uh, not sure if uh, Bad Guy can pick up enough to uh, overtake Old Town Road and get to number one. Again, we'll see if, if that can. We'll see if uh, Senorita in the top 10 is uh, moving forward. Maybe that has a chance. Maybe Lizzo, Truth Hurts. Maybe something brand new. The uh, new Ariana Grande and Social House uh, boyfriend just came out. So uh, should have somewhat of a big uh, debut next week. We'll see exactly how high. But uh, yeah, at the moment, it's still still Old Town Road. A, a 19th week at number one. Certainly still possible next week. Might have to be saying all this again next week, Trevor. Find another way to intro at a number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just co- co- copy, paste, just put 19 instead. Um, well, obviously, this year we saw the number one record get broken. Maybe if this is any consolation, maybe the number two record is, is starting to be in play as well. Uh, Billy Eilish, Bad Guy, eight weeks at number two this week. Uh, the record for songs that spent the most weeks at number two without going to number one is uh, 10 weeks. We saw Waiting for a Girl Like You in the 1980s by Foreigner and Missy Elliott's Work It at the top of the 2000s. Both those songs, 10 weeks at number two. Um, so Bad Guy joining pretty close into that territory. The last song actually to spend eight weeks or more at number two without getting to number one was Ed Sheeran's. Thinking Out Loud, which uh, was trapped behind Uptown Funk for the longest time. So, 
Uh, yeah, I know. I know. On its face, that sounds like a terrible consolation prize to have you the number two record. Yeah. But um, I mean, I guess it really goes to show both, you know, both in, in different ways how massive Old Town Road is. You know that it can just block all these songs from number one for so long. But I think you know when we look back, you know, a lot of people will look back, of course, at Bad Guy maybe not being a number one hit, but that shouldn't understate how massive a song it is as well. I mean. You know, this would have been an eight, nine week number one had had one particular song not been out in time. So, um, you know, obviously it might be for Billy fans or maybe Billy herself, you know, sort of you know, unfortunate in the moment. But let's not lose sight of what an eight week number two hit, like just how massive and popular a track that has to be to achieve that. Uh, also, actual uh, number one news for Billie Eilish on the alternative airplay chart. Uh, song goes to number one, bad guy. And it's her second number one. Uh, just a few months ago, she was number one on that chart with Bury a Friend. So how rare is it for a female artist to have two number ones, at least, on the Alternative Songs chart, which uh, started in the late 80s. She's only the third woman ever to have at least two number ones on that chart. So uh, back in 1990, Sinead O'Connor became the first, Nothing Compares to You, and then Emperor's New Clothes, a great follow-up that uh, maybe people don't always remember, but showed... Uh, more kind of more what her, her core sound uh, was back in that era, a little more up-tempo, a little more rock. So uh, Sinead O'Connor was the first, and then Alanis Morissette with three in the 90s, all from Jagged Little Pill. So uh, all before Billie Eilish was born back in the early to mid-90s, but now she's in, uh, yeah, really exclusive, impressive company, Sinead Alanis and Billie Eilish, the only solo women with multiple number ones on the alternative airplay chart. And though there has not been turnover at the number one spot in a long time, uh, we do have a new top ten that joins the crew this week. We're talking Lil Tecca, and the song is called Ransom. That jumps up from all the way from number 19 last week up to the top ten. So it kind of you know dries by the top 20 spots. Really the latest breakout from the SoundCloud era that kind of just bubbled its way up naturally. Um, Tecca got signed by a joint deal with Galactic and Republic recently, and the song really just blowing up, obviously, Hugely popular on streaming services. The song up to number four on the streaming chart this week. Kid's only 16 years old, Gary. Can can you imagine having a top 10 hit back in the day when you were 16? That would have been in like, what, 19? I'm afraid what you're going to guess. I probably would have been. That's like like 1990 for you. Yeah. Yeah. I want a science fair at 1990. Okay, dope, dope. Not sure. On your way, yeah. Not sure a little tech ever done that this age. don't know if we got to ask don't know if Lil Tech has ever won the science fair but I mean really I think for some people if they thought that this this sort of SoundCloud rap emerging breakout train he doesn't necessarily have the same it's not the same moody you know sort of contemplative style that most people probably associate with sort of SoundCloud rap but um, I mean definitely using the platform to break out in a big way and I mean here we are top 10 he's, he's also um, if you saw the video Linked up with Cole Bennett, who's been uh, a music video director for a lot of the kids who have come through in the same way. YB and Corday. Uh, we're talking Juice World and the Lucid Dreams video in particular, Blueface. So definitely, definitely a go-to pairing that's helped him. And yeah, just 16 on his way. And debut album uh, should be coming out later this year. So we'll see what else he's got to offer. Are we past the core of that darker SoundCloud rap? Uh, are we past? Uh, yeah, I guess we're probably come. Or this is it's probably in another transformation. I guess if you want to say, um, I mean, there's a lot of kids like like even 
like I know Corday's album got a lot of positive reception that that it's it's returning a little more um to what you'd expect I guess if you just put on a rap album there's still plenty of you know melody out there and there's still a lot of um sort of sparseness but I think I think if you, the, the way it sort of seemed to saturate late 2017 into 2018 that seems to be easing up a bit um you know it, it's hard to say while we're going through something if we're really on the other side of it or if this is just sort of a dry spell and you know the next wave of kids is right out there ready to go but right now it definitely seems like maybe it's just a summertime thing too that that it uh that yeah more the more quote-unquote traditional kind of rap is is back for a lot of the new ones other uh, milestones on charts uh, Lauren Daigle You Say number one on the Don Contemporary chart the uh, big deal obviously uh, for Lauren it's the first song ever to be number one on both adult contemporary and uh, it topped Christian airplay so first yeah first crossover hit ever to be number one on those two charts uh, and uh, knocks out Girls Like You by Maroon 5 after a record 33 week run at number one we're gonna have this re- at the end of the year we're gonna have this recap all the records that were tied or broken this year because it feels like 2019 is a is a record setting year in itself yeah and uh, one other uh yeah record extending the uh, song this week for luke combs actually two two uh two feats uh, for him this week goes to number one on country airplay with his latest single beer never broke my heart it's his sixth career opening single to go to number one on Country Airplay. No one's ever done that before. So he's six for six uh, out of the gate with his first six singles going to number one. And if that's not enough, his uh, debut LP, This One's For You, number one on Top Country Albums for a 44th week, passes Randy Travis's Always and Forever from the late 80s. It's the longest running number one ever for a male on Top Country Albums and uh Looks like it's got a good chance to uh, have the all-time record at this point, 50 weeks, beginning in 1997 for Shania Twain's Come On Over. So add that to the end of year, end of year stats. All right. Uh, staying in country. That's where we're going for the rest of the podcast. So excited to have Lady Antebellum joining us. Uh, what a history on Billboard's charts. Nine number ones on country airplay so far. Five number one albums on top country albums. A pair of top tens on the Hot 100. Need You Now, number two in 2010, just one of the absolute biggest hits. And we do our decade-end flashback. We'll see uh, where uh, a big bat comes up at the end of uh, end of this year, at the end of the 2010s. Uh, also, Just a Kiss. Remember that a, a year later. Great song, too. Number seven on the Hot 100. Maybe, maybe a little bit in the shadow of Need You Now, but great, great follow. Uh, big, both huge hits. Uh, new album on the way for Lady Antebellum coming up later this year. Current single, what if I never get over you? Is in the country airplay top twenty-five this week. We're going to hear an exclusive live, taped but uh, performed live version on the podcast coming up, uh, along with Jimmy Harnan, BMLG CEO, all the members of Lady Antebellum, Charles Kelly, Hillary Scott, and Dave Haywood, talking with Billboard senior chart manager Jim Asker, recently in Nashville, here on the Billboard Choppy Podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello, everybody. This is Jim Asker on the Billboard Chart Beat Podcast. And with me today, I'm going to be chatting with the group Lady Antebellum. And I've been waiting for a long time to talk to you guys. I've talked to Hillary before. Uh, Charles, hello. Charles Kelly, everyone. Hillary Scott. And Dave Haywood. Hello, Dave. How are you? And the president of BMLG Records. And what is your fancy title under... Yeah. Uh, it's just president and CEO of the label. CEO. Uh, yeah. Don't CEO? leave out CEO. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of letters now. <laughs> That's right. You are CEO now, aren't you? I am. Well, congratulations yes. on that. And Thank congratulations you, with the new singles, Fantastic. Thank you. Um, it's a duet. And um, I want this conversation to be like everybody just chime in yeah. whenever. Okay. Um, so I'd like to talk about a little bit uh, about the new single, first of all, because it's doing really well on the charts. Um, I do the charts at Billboard, by the way. So uh, it's number 23 on our hybrid chart, Hot, Hot Country Songs. Had 4.3 million streams last week. Um, awesome. On our total streaming chart. Mm-hmm. So congr- how's it feel to be back with a, a duet? Fun. Uh, can I call it a duet? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's for sure it's for a duet. Sure. Yeah, it's um, straight up duet. It feels like a little bit of like returning home back to the songs and the sound that we really started doing as a band. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's a brand new song and with fresh production and working with a new producer, Dan Huff, um, it just, we love songs that feel really relatable that we can bring a male and female perspective to perspectives of a love story gone wrong in this, you know, in this case, um, to to a song and so we feel like that's what we bring as a band um and this song it just feels really really comfortable for us i love the video um i love that you shot it in front of um a just modest nashville ranch house yeah i just love that it was very um, similar to the house i grew up in um that house where yeah. where was it that was east nashville yeah, was it east nashville yeah. yeah can i get each of your take on that on the song and um, well, I mean, for me, this is Charles, uh, you know, uh, Oh, thank you for doing that. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I think that's I mean, a first. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the people Roll might call. not realize. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully they know um, I'm not you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I feel like it just, the sound of it is very authentically us. I mean, I was even playing the, the whole record. Uh, we just finished it still needs to get mixed and have a few little punches here and there, but overall I was playing the whole record for my dad. We were on this little beach trip and, and he drove me, uh, the hour drive to the airport and I played it for him and he leaned over and he goes, Charles, this is, 
this sounds just like you know that what like what everybody kind of fell in love with y'all cool. for off those first couple records and and especially that single it just has that feel you know and i feel like dan huff was able to marry what you know a little bit of the sound that we had helped create with paul worley but then give a little bit of a, a fresh uh, perspective he's he's such a talented guy but more than that i think it's just the material as a whole and that song um you know there was a lot of months and months and months of whittling these songs down and i'll, I'll give it to jimmy harnan you know i mean he is such a hands-on collaborative you know partner uh and 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 you know the whole label in general is and i, uh, I don't know how many songs are on the album but how many do you go through we, oh, oh my gosh no yeah. telling what we go through and, and did you write a bunch for this we, as well yeah we did yeah we wrote because you're all great half. writers well, thank, thank you. you but it but yeah but to get back to this single specifically i mean i think it has all those things you know i mean and again we got to give it to dan huff he, he just brought such a a coolness i mean even the way it starts with the um you know with kind of little synth sounds gives a little bit of a you know, a modern but yet warm feel overall. So I, I'm really proud of it. Cool. Yeah, so stop me if I'm wrong here, but towards the end, there were so many songs coming in mm -hmm. that I kind of started to lose track. Yes. And it was yeah. at the end of the year, and we went to our company retreat at uh, Jonathan Newman's beautiful home. Mm -hmm. And Laura Who, that for anybody uh, not? They're just uh, folks who are friends of Scott's in town. And we, we Scott Borchetta. Yeah, and we did a uh, our retreat there. We had a publishing night there. And mm -hmm. Laura Vels is one of the songwriters. And that's the time of the year when you finally calm down, you, you stop looking at the charts, you just kind of chill out. So my whole crew and I were sitting at the table and, and we you know, drinking wine and just chit-chatting and she played the song. And I went, what is this? Mm -hmm. And they said, well, we have it. I said, oh my God, really? And it was at that moment, like sometimes you hear a song and if it's in the midst of a lot of songs, it can kind of go by you. Like when you guys go to publishing meetings, it's like an ensemble, like a, a waterfall of songs. And by the third you, or fourth song. You probably song, had a lot of, having worked with these guys at Capitol, their former home, yeah. Capitol Records, you were there, Jimmy. I was. Um, you must have had a lot of anticipation for this single. Absolutely. And we're thrilled to have them. When uh, we found out that they were uh, in a place where we could talk to them, we couldn't have been more thrilled to, to uh, approach them. And it, it's kind of a reunion, as Hillary has just said, and we're just really excited about it. Cool. And I want to get into that, how you guys all got together, but I want to get Dave's take on the single. Well, first. you know, I was just thinking while y'all were talking to echo that, I mean, it, it kind of feels like the early days again, which has been a lot of fun. You know, when we started out in 2006, Charles and I moved to Nashville uh, met Hillary in a bar and started writing songs together. Um, is that that's a true story? That's a yeah. true story. Yeah, it really is. Can you tell any for the fans? Not yeah. In, I mean, there's you know there's a lot you, to it. I mean, the the kind of a bridge version is Charles and I grew up together in Augusta, Georgia, and and we were writing songs together at the University of Georgia our last year there. And Charles came up to Nashville first, and he was like, "Man, you got to come up here. This place is full of creative people, creative minds." So I moved up, and we started writing songs. Really, just wanting to be songwriters. Uh, pitch songs to other artists. I mean, we were like, mm -hmm. man, what if Garth Brooks could sing our song as if it's that easy and um, trying to pitch songs out. And then we met Hillary at Exit Inn. No, um, 12th and Porter, excuse me, a little bar in Nashville. Right. And Charles talked to her that day and said, why don't you come over to the house? Dave's over, you know, we're crashing at my brother's house and we could all write songs. And to even tie to the single now, when she walked in the first day, we were working on a song and she kind of had the idea to turn it into a duet. And that was day one of Lady in a Bellum cool. before we had a band name or anything. And so this song to me feels like a return back to some of that, that feel. I mean, to be able to tell both sides of a breakup, you know, is we something we've always done. Songs. I don't we know do. why. We really do. Yeah. Like love songs. We got some love songs, but we haven't really put out many. I mean, other than just a kiss. 
you know, there's a lot of we like we like to pull at the heartstrings a little bit. Most people, it's like something in human nature, like or just gravitate towards sad songs. I know I always have. Even I think when I was younger, before I even fully understood what it meant to to be in love or to fall out of love, like I've always just been drawn to those sad songs. And I think it's just a different, they just emote differently. And and I think, um, yeah, this is just one of those that it asks you, you yourself, you ask yourself all of, all of those questions when you get out of a relationship and someone that you really cared about. It's like, am I ever going to have a day where I don't? And it's a great story song that anybody you, yeah. can relate to, although yeah. it's a sad story. Yeah, you know, uh, all been there. I love the questions in the story. I mean, you're obviously continually asking questions lyrically, which is why we fell in love so much with it as well. I mean, John Green was on it, Laura Belts, and Ryan Hurd sang. Ryan Hurd and yeah. Sam Ryan Hurd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he sang uh-huh. the demo. Yeah, who, who? Charles, who was the first one that sent you the song? Was it Ryan? I, I no, it wasn't Ryan. Was it? Was it Allison? I think it might have been Allison. Yeah, yeah. Because it's published the big. It's yeah. interesting that you're all great writers and you pick the yeah. song by someone else yeah. to well, be your lead well, single. Well, here's the thing: we write a lot, and um, you know, I thought one one of the coolest things I remember Luke Bryan said in an interview was like he goes because he writes a lot too, and he goes, you know, I feel like I'm finally at a point in my career where, you know, I've written a lot of hits that have got me to a point in the career where finally I get sent the best songs in Nashville, hmm. and uh, you know, and so we feel like we're getting sent some of the strongest songs that we've ever been sent in our life, and you have to just be very honest with yourself that like, you know, if you've if you got a song and it's up against yours and this one, it, it's just better. At the end of the day. You know, our goal is is you know to just put out the best music we can, and we've gotten to the point now where you know we make our living on the road. You know, I mean, to me, it's not about you know it's 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 about a a, a longevity over you know trying to make sure we cut songs that we've written so we can make some you know money on publishing. It's more about trying to take your ego out of it and just put out the best songs. And this song felt like something we would have written. I mean, it reminds me like when we, you know, we found American Honey. That was one of the first singles we ever put out that we didn't write. And um, it felt like us, you know? And so uh, I don't know this one. As long as the outside songs continue the story and and feel authentic to us, that's to your point. Like they're our own material, it's special, but it's not precious in that way. Like we want to to really make an album that that encompasses the story that we're. That I, we're telling. I can't wait to hear the whole thing. But there's like a song called "What I'm Leaving For," you know, which is it's it's about. I mean, it's our lives, and we didn't write it, and we heard it, and it's like made all three of us separately, you know, just kind of well up inside. It's about uh, you know when I'm gone and stuff. It's like, but. You know, I, I know what I'm leaving for. I'm, I'm doing this for you. We're all in this as a family together. You know, we, we, we leave and it's so hard to leave our family sometimes. But when you come home and you see them and they're safe and provided for, you know, that's what we do. You, this you for. sound excited about this this project. And where'd Jimmy go? Oh, there you are. Okay. Uh, I got worried for a second. I just got up and, and left. coffee. Okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> You must be excited about this. It's a new birth. And you performed this song for the first time in Ireland, correct? We did. Yeah, we performed. How did um, it go the first time you did it? Amazing. We were over there for the Country to Country Festival. And um, it's just, it's really been fun to road test, we call it, these songs. Mm-hmm. And we played that one and then another track off the new record called Be Patient With My Love. And and they both went over really well. We find over in the UK and, and Australia, really outside of the US, like, they they gravitate a lot towards the heavier and and hmm. a lot deeper material and and this was one of those two that 
we just loved hearing their response and and um whenever great you guys have had nine number ones not to mention all the top tens all the number one albums you've been number one on the billboard 200 the multi-genre chart um with your albums do you are you able to not put pressure on you when you're getting together with Jimmy and a new label um, and just have fun with it? I feel like it's a healthy level of yeah. pressure. Like, Hopefully in a Jimmy good feels way. the pressure more than we do. What do you, <laughs> no, I mean, we, um, the first song that I think we heard, Scott and I, was um, Be Patient With My Love. And I could still remember I was sitting at the bar having a soda at Wild Ginger, and I heard the song, and I sent it to Scott. And he, you know, Scott's very busy; gets a ton of emails and texts. And literally, as soon as I sent it, he responded like in four minutes. And the song was probably like three fifty. And he goes, "Wow!" And that mm. was the minute. And then we went over to your house and started talking. And uh, I think Scott was the first one that said, "He goes, you you all need to start writing songs that you feel are part of your life where you are now. You're married, you have children. Uh, be authentic to where you are in your career." And that's kind of been the. That's the first you know, moniker we've been going by. And the second one we're always saying is it's your album. So make the music you like. And if you're in a comfortable spot, you're going to be the most creative and the most free and the most, you know, the, the, the best is going to come out of you if you're not second guessing yourself. One of, my, one of my favorite exercises, we signed with Big Machine and we were over at the label talking with Jimmy and the whole team and Scott. Um, and one of my favorite things that we went through, which I guess subconsciously had a big impact on this album was... Jimmy said, what are your, what are your top three, what are your core Lady Annabellum songs? And we said, need you now, I run to you and American Honey, um, feel like to us kind of the core and, and the lifeblood mm-hmm. of what Lady Annabellum is and, um, lyrically, musically and, and sonically. And, and he said, all right, now let's, let's do that again. You know? And, and I think that they were all the first two records. So yeah, that, but that <laughs> See, message, that, easy. that message yeah. I think resonated <laughs> with us returning on this album a little bit to some of that sound that we had on the first couple albums. So well, well then we departed to I mean it was an artistic like wanting to explore ourselves, spread our wings, try some new sounds and and as we became a live act, you know, we needed songs like Bartender. We needed more songs like You Look Good and and they have become the lifeblood of our lives. I show. love You Look Good. I love yeah, the horns so by much. the way. Well and so, you know, but I do think like Dave was saying at the end of the day, if I had then I said, you know, somebody never heard of us First, I'd say, okay, we're going to listen to Need You Now. Then Run to You. Then, you know, American Honey. And then I'd probably, after that, they go, and then, you know, as we started exploring and, and you know, listen to Bartender. And, um, but it, but it is funny, like, that is the core of who we are. You know, it's a little bit of that, a little more warmer tones. And that's what this record has, is full of that. And, um, you know, we've got, all, we got some fun stuff on there, but it's definitely much more of a introspective uh, record. And, um, you know, it's not draggy. It just, I don't know. I think it's one that hopefully, you know, as the kids say, gives you the feels, you know. Is that what your kids say? I don't know all the kids say now. It's like feels. I got the feels. That's what I say to you, Jimmy, right? Yeah. I, I want to talk to you for a second about what what is the relationship between a band, an artist, and a record label like these days? It's, it's harder to do business today in general. Um, how important is the album to you guys? The the work of an album. It's still big, and this is. And I will say, this is the most unique relationship we've we've obviously were with uh, Universal for the longest time. Originally, Capitol Records, mm-hmm. and we did have a really strong relationship with Mike. Um, you know, everything got so big there, though. I we you know I think we and they would both admit that our closeness started just. And as we got families and busier, the closeness a little bit got lost in there. You know, as the business became so big. 
And Jimmy, I mean, there's not a day that goes by that he's not texting us, emailing us, you know, calling us, we're playing golf, or he's got an idea. And that is such a unique thing that that we've never really experienced. And so, uh, so I don't know, now back into talking about the record. Um, that carried over into the that process, carried over. It though. was very collaborative the and whole time. And it felt like a family, truly, yeah. like working with Big Machine, Jimmy, everybody there, working with Dan, you know, even down to where we cut vocals for the album. I mean, we were in Dan's house in his home studio. And so, you know, you're you're singing and, and I know I felt way more grounded and felt like I went to a place vocally that I'd never been able to go to before just out of being comfortable in his home. Well, not and just like, saying this, your voices mesh so well together. Thank you. Um, it, you when you hear Lady Annabelle, it just feels like home if you're a country thank listener. Um, would you play one? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, maybe the single? Yeah, let's do it. Um, Jimmy, you could, since you've had a hit, you could sing on this. Oh, boy. We want to keep the people listening to the podcast, <laughs> not running away from the podcast. Uh, what's, while, while Dave is getting the guitar, what's the relationship with your fans like? How do, you, how do you talk to them? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously we talk through them. We think musically. I mean, we're, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to. But it's such a social media yeah. world it is. today. It is. Participate. Um, we do. Um, we try not to get too caught up in it because, you know, too, there's times. I mean, when I remember all this stuff really started kind of kicking off like Twitter and stuff, you know, there's always these bad comments. You start taking, taking it to heart. And then after a while, you realize that. You got to take a lot of that stuff with a grain of salt, and uh, but we still have, uh, you know, most of the same diehard fans have been with us yeah. from the beginning. We I recognize them. We recognize them in the front rows, and you've, you've um, won so many awards and accolades. And um, I mean, are those things still important to you? Uh, you know, absolutely, and they all um, mean different things because you know so many of them are peer voted, and that means the world because your peers are, are watching what you're doing and they believe in it enough to vote for it. Um, but then you also have the fan voted awards, which those are just so unbelievable too, because there's so many other choices they could choose and they chose us. And, and we do feel like we have the most incredible fans who have been with us, who have grown up with us. You know, we're, we're seeing that a lot at our residency in Vegas. Like we get a lot of new fans and audience, you know, members um, in our residency there at the Palms. But then we've had a lot of people, um, a lot of fans that we've known for years that have come out to see the show. And and that, I think, that show in, in particular really is such, there's such an opportunity to connect with mm-hmm. the audience on a very, like, close level because it's 2,500 people and, and it just it, feels Is really... it going to continue that residency in Vegas, by the no, way? No, no, not done? as of right now. Oh, well, we don't um, know. I mean, we I mean would, yeah. We do. I was going to ask you, to... you're probably going to hit the road big time after yeah, this yeah, record comes yeah, out, right? Yeah, we're gearing up for we're sure. We're already planning for that, which is crazy. Well, you have we one more run. I mean, yeah, we have in August. one more run yeah, in August. Yeah, the end of August. Yeah. yeah. But no, I think, I mean, I think there could definitely be an opportunity to do it, do it again. I mean, this was kind of our dipping our toes into that world. And I mean, it's felt like it's been, you know, a huge success for us and, and our fans. And and it gives fans a chance to plan. And, yeah. And, yeah. You know, um, it's got to be a, a luxury to a lot of fans to be able yeah. to set their sights on something. Um, Dave, so that's a beautiful guitar. I love it. I'm in in tune enough. I don't know. One request is that um, I did a a podcast with uh, for Billboard with Keith Urban, and I told him at the end. I said right at the end, I said you're going to win the Entertainer of the Year award this year, and he won. 
Wow. Next, I did Tori Kelly, and I said, you're going to win Grammy oh, this year. She wins. Lauren Daigle, same thing. So now you guys, you can't ruin my streak. <laughs> so you need to win that group of the year oh, at the oh, CMAs. Man. Oh, man. I just worst. got goosebumps. That'd be amazing. <laughs> All, right. All right. I'll stop talking, everybody. This is Lady Annabellum. supposed to hurt it's a broken heart but to move in home is the hardest part it comes in waves the letting go but the memory fades everybody knows everybody knows what if I'm trying but then I close my eyes and then ride back Lost in that last goodbye What a time does it do what it's supposed to do What if I never get over you Maybe months go by, maybe years from now And I meet someone and it's working out Right through, cause when I look at him, yeah, all I see is you. What if I'm trying, but then I close my eyes and then right back, lost in that last goodbye. What a time does it do what it's supposed to do? What if I never get over you? What if it never gets better? What if this lasts forever and ever and ever? I'm trying, but then I close my eyes and then I'm right back, lost in that last goodbye. What a time does it do what it's supposed to do? Don't try this at home, kids. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. Thank you. you know what I love about you guys is like when we were talking beforehand, can they do one? Oh, yeah, sure, whatever, whatever you want. When I interviewed Hillary before the Christian record got out, I told I remember telling her beforehand, I'm like, you seem like the kind of 
person who could just walk around town and hang out and you, you all seem so down to earth. How have you maintained that quality all these years? Gosh, I think not only do I believe in the way we were raised, you know, just our parents all being so solid and incredible people. Um, but then we ground each other. I think our yeah, spouses ground us. Um, I think, you know, we feel very, very grateful to get to do this, but we're also normal people like everybody else, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think being married, and I know for me as a as a mom, that grounds you a lot because you get off stage and they don't care. Kindergarten. You, know? <laughs> you have a kid in, yes, starting kindergarten. My daughter is starting kindergarten. So, um, but I think it's it's that. It's it's being surrounded by people that that love us for who we are and not what we do, you know? And I think that's really important. That sounds like a number one song, Jimbo. I like the way you're thinking, Jim. <laughs> you guys have Multiple always, weeks. I, I'm a former radio programmer, so it just has that feel. You know, songs pop. Yeah. That song pops, Thanks. you know, um, how have you maintained your relationship with radio through the years? That's an ongoing changing world. It's so different now than when I was doing it. Yeah, yeah it is. I mean, you know, it's funny. They, I mean, it's such a symbiotic relationship. I mean, you know, it's like we depend upon them and they depend upon us, you know, us as artists putting out music that means something and does something and pushes, you know, and, uh, and, you know, I, I don't know, you end up coming really close with them all and see them at the same shows every year and hang out with them backstage and and the wild thing too is you know you'll see them flip-flop and move to different stations around and um i don't know i mean we just always it's still such a big part especially of our genre you know that's for where, country it's, for country it's listeners ma- i mean still the major platform and that's country. where they discover my music and so you know for us i mean it's something that we put a lot of stock in one of the reasons too that we that we really decided we wanted to come over uh, and have such a strong promo team, and because you know Jimmy when he was over at Capitol, you know several times could have lost uh, our first single "Love Don't Live Here," and several times more than several almost lost "Run to You," and he believed in it so much that he just let it. He just. You know, I just felt like I'd yeah. never seen the same I, fire. I was on the other side of those yeah. calls with him, so I <laughs> I know. And I, I'll tell you a really quick story. Once. Um, I was getting let go from a station. They were flipping formats. And Jimmy was trying to get me to add this record before I left. And he doesn't remember I don't know where this is going. But but I remember, I'm like, Jimmy, I just got fired. Can you let it go? And You're still in the building. (laughs) He 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 didn't let it go. And I think I ended up adding the record. He'll wear people down. But you know what, though, too? But I remembered it and I told him, you know, I said, you know, I always loved about you. I said. Is I remember we played golf together when we were when, Kansas you were, City. when you were at Capitol, and he never got off his phone. Now was that a a really fun golf partner? No, but it's somebody you want in your damn corner, right? <laughs> knowing that even when he's on the golf course, I've run a marathon with yeah. him, and he yeah. takes calls while yeah, he. How, how do you do that? While, while he runs. runs. Well, we were just training, so but uh, it's a twenty mile run. I was younger then. <laughs> I remember you used to like bike to work in the morning. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Now, now it's it's golf and rosé and cigars. Settling, <laughs> settling now I walk. Settling now I walk. Elderly leisure. I just realized there was nobody chasing me, so why should I keep running? <laughs> when you guys have all taken hiatuses from each other, what is that? How awesome! Of it? it just you get chills when you listen to you sing in a room. What's that like when you get back together? The three the of you same. all play together. That, it I mean, was it was really special yeah. getting back in rehearsal. I remember. Well, and a lot of that happened just so naturally. I mean, like Hillary 
course, one, at one point, you know, when she's pregnant, it was like, okay, well, she's taking a little, uh, obviously going to take some time off. And then I started working on some music. And then she, you know, had this, uh, this real strong desire to do a record with her family, you know, in the, in the Christian uh, genre. And it's it was a great like, record. Yeah. And it was like, this is perfect time for us to explore yeah. different things. And Dave was producing, we were writing a ton. And I just and we think were nine years in at that point, you know, it just been moving and moving. Yeah. And Hillary moving. had a number one with Thy Will and Christian. And yeah. that, for somebody, they don't take two people coming from outside of that format. Yeah. And so to have a number one in that format, it was unbelievable. So congratulations. Thank you. That, it was it far, I mean, far exceeded any, any. I, there was just no way that I could have fathomed that that, that would be. And I know you all had projects going yeah. on, but when you get back together, it's got to be really special. Oh. Are you looking forward to going back on the road for a huge store after oh, this? Man. Yes. Always. I mean, yeah. this has been a, a little bit more of a pared down year, but it's still been really busy. Of course, we've been just really want to concentrate on the record and you know it just seems like you know everybody from our team that has gotten their hands on this music is feeling the excitement and feeling the That's you great. know yeah. that something special is going on and i you know i think with us we've just learned to try to keep our expectations in check now and just and and, and one thing i've learned is to try to just focus on the art and what you can control and not get too caught up in the, you know what there's benchmarks of success on the record because i think you know, sometimes that can be a little, you know, soul stealing when you start kind of compare it, trying to compare it with like, you know, the success of the first couple of records or whatever that may be. And so for us, you know, I mean, we're just, I just want people to consume it and get in there and really listen to it, you know? And I think, uh, as the, a cohesive record, as a cohesive yeah. record, you know, and I, you know, yeah. I know people may cherry pick it too. And that's, and that's fine. I just, uh, I just think, um, I don't know. I still believe in the whole, yeah. putting a record in from start to finish and giving it a, a well, listen, amen. you know, we love the album so much. I mean, even to your earlier question too, I mean that I hope, I hope it stays around as long as it can. That's such an important part of music to me is having that experience. I mean, as the artist, especially it's kind of, you're hunkering down for half a year, a year working, writing, you're in that creative space. Ideas are happening every day. You're in the studio working on arrangements and, you know, putting out a body of work with 10, 15 songs, whatever it is, is so important to us. So I, I you know, I hope we're not just holding on to something that's obsolete in five oh. years, but it's so important for us to just be a part of a season where we're together, feeling grateful, being excited and making that the mm. record, you know, Hillary. I mean, I, I think that the album experience is, it's like, a novel like you yeah. just you need to always read and you need to always listen to to the art in its full form and I mean this is an example I'm sure everybody uses but I mean the Casey Musgraves album is a perfect example and it's just from start to finish it takes you on a journey and and that's what I love about about what we get to do and and you know we we record and we gravitate towards songs that are kind of more commercial and, and pop minded because we are fans of so many different artists and different genres. So I think to Charles's point, like you can kind of cherry pick and, and stream what songs you want, but, but we want those who do dig in to that really, in my opinion, precious process of listening to an album from top to bottom. Um, we want you to be able to feel it. And mm. so even if that percentage keeps dwindling and dwindling, I think it's important to not lose it. I, I think it will come. I hope, Jimmy, you think it'll come back? Well, I think the exciting thing about where we are now with the DSPs is there's no rules. 
Uh, I remember when we were at DreamWorks, Toby Keith had a record out, and we were in what you call a cycle. And right in the middle of that, of course, 9-11 happened, and he wrote Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. We couldn't put it out because we're in the middle of an album cycle. So now we could just put it up on Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, Apple, everywhere. So the great thing is if you have an artist like Lady Antebellum, a body of work fits perfectly for them. But if they come up with a great song in six months, we can put it right out. And it's, it's, so there, there's no rules, and that's what's exciting. It's getting back, in my opinion, where music started. There's no rules, and that's when there's no rules. That's always where art lives the, lives the best. I, I remember being a kid and you know growing up on rock and roll and waiting for you knew when a record is going to come out you're waiting 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 your anticipation is just huge yeah. there weren't the social media drops like now does does that dilute any of that in- anticipation from fans you think or no I mean I think it's kind of analogous to when we were growing up you picked the needle up and you moved it to a different song now all you're doing is clicking so it's kind of the same thing and I don't think like I said there's I don't think there's any rules. And I think the one thing that's constant in life is change. And you have to just keep, you know, going with it. And you let, you know, we're in the artist acceptance business. I mean, the customer acceptance business. And art that doesn't sell is, a, is a, an obsession with a storage problem. So we try to make sure we're giving, you know, great music in the way that fans want to consume it. And with so many great albums that these guys have put up, um, how does this one stack up in, as an I, executive? I, th- oh, I just texted him the other day. I said, this music is exceptionally phenomenal. Uh, I think it's uh, it's real it's uh they're they're putting themselves out there it's a little vulnerable uh but it's very special and it's it's coming right from their hearts and that's always the best place music can come from can't wait for it um and i know we got a wrap here in a a few minutes y'all got a show tonight etc um but i want to know what the three of you anticipate or you hope for the fans to get from this record gosh i think for me um one of the things that that I enjoy the most about getting to do this is when you hear that that the fans and the listeners are putting their own stories into mm-hmm. these songs. That connection to me is is the magic of of what we get to do. Um, the tour I'm excited about. It's always fun for me creatively to like to think about like the staging and the in in how we can make this show different and we all kind of have our own roles and lanes where that's concerned um bringing this music to life um but for me it would be it's a it's a true if we aren't in the middle of what these songs are talking about we've been through it or are gonna go through it or have been through it recently so i feel like it's a very present album for us Mm -hmm. and i really want the fans to hear that it's just a great synopsis, you know, Dave. Yeah, I mean, to, uh, Hil- what Hillary said first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, in addition to that, I mean, I I always love that when people can hear the nuances, the details, and kind of hear and feel the energy and heart and time we put into an album. I mean, you know, these you don't just kind of pop in in one day and write something, throw it down. I mean, for us, this is a two year process of writing, a two year process of collecting songs, signing with the label, walking through, weeding out songs. I mean. I don't think we said a number, but we had at least 65 songs we were pulling from for this album total that we had written and some pitches that were special to us. And so when you're looking at that body of work, you dwindle it down, you work with Dan Huff. I mean, we've been over to this house doing vocals and that takes hours and hours and guitars take hours and hours. So I think for me, I love when people can feel that we still care so much about the art and so much about the music and put everything we have into it. So there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of little things to follow on this record, lyrics that hit you hard, 
parts and arrangements and I think sonically the feel that we have, you've heard on the first single, you know, from working with Dan Huff has brought us back to focusing on the vocals and the harmonies and the blend and the sound. So I hope they can hear the, 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 the love we have for what the we nuances. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Charles. I mean, you know, I mean like Dan was even talking to us about, you know, he said there's entertainers and there's artists, you know, and there's, there's, there's certain artists that like aren't even there for the tracking. And I mean, and that was like it kind of blew our minds and it's like you, we you have to be a part of the music you have to be a part of the process and picking these songs because you know your face and your name is on there and so i don't know we've always been a band that has put the art before anything else and um you know we love the live show we love the whole different parts of the business but at the end of the day sitting in the studio making music is like the most exciting part of it i mean you know, if I was a painter, that would be my, me painting or whatever it might be. And so, I, I like they said, I just I hope the fans can realize how much time we put into this, mm-hmm. and 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 I just hope they enjoy it. I mean, right. they if if it doesn't sound good to them, then you know that would be a big blow. I mean, but to, to us, I mean, this we feel like this we've created something special here. I've interviewed a lot of people. I could just tell how sincere you guys are, and I just. I love that. I, I thank you as a fan for that. Jimbo, do you keep these guys informed about the charts? Are you still chart watching? Every oh, day. He can't help himself. Yeah. I try not to look as much in the morning so I can at least get my day up and running. Wait, until at least 11 a.m. <laughs> yeah. like I'll, I'll wake up at you know, 6 o'clock. I'm not going to look. I'm going to go out. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to have breakfast. Say hello to my family, and then I'm going to look. What's one favorite song y'all are listening to right now out of the genre or in the genre that the you're genre? really loving? Oh, man. Or an album or a song? Anything. And I, I don't know. Go. I love. I just. I'm. I'm such a big fan of him. He's a good buddy. But Brett Young, the new Brett Young single, Catch, I love. And we wrote here tonight together. Um, and I just think his record, top to bottom, is pretty special. Um, and you wrote here tonight, which yeah. is a great, phenomenal song. Yeah, thank so. you, man. And we were talking about like Tennille Towns. That's a super cool record. Mm-hmm. So um, I love her. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I'm playing the Ed Sheeran collaborations album yeah. pretty top to bottom. Like when I'm driving in the car, um, and I love the song with Khalid beautiful people oh cool yes. how about you dave i love um in country i've been listening to rachel Wamack's album i love that album uh, her ep and stuff outside the genre i just found this new band called the band camino and I, I just discovered them and kind of digging in and loving a lot of their stuff i think they're in nashville so might go see them in a few weeks you produced whitney duncan's group right? i did yeah mm-hmm. i love that record thank you appreciate uh, that post monroe it's really good thank you you know i love i love producing i love working i mean that's you know what? Whatever we're doing in twenty years, if it slows down, I mean that that'll be the first thing I sign up for is spending my months in the studio. That's my happy spot. So, so thank great. you, Jimbo. Something you've heard lately that you love? I'm listening to the new Ario Speedwagon record that came out in 1981. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can tune a piano, yeah, but you can't tune a fish. All right, what a great way to close. <laughs> Jim Asker of the Billboard Chart Beat Podcast with Charles Kelly, Hillary Scott, Dave Haywood. Goodbye, guys. And and thank you so much, Jimmy. Thank you for doing this. CEO, President, BLMLG Records. Uh, It's rough out there, so be safe on the road, will you? Thank you. It's a rough world out there right now. Thank Thank you. you Take care. Thank you so much. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.